Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined once again by our Blues Beat reporters, Jim Thomas, and back from sunny Phoenix <laughs> slash Glendale, Tom Timmerman. Well, Tom, welcome back to uh, to the uh, frozen tundra. Thanks for rolling out the uh, snowy white carpet for me here as I <laughs> as I arrived. <laughs> oh, so, uh, well, we got to start with, I guess we'll put a wrap on the uh, seven-game series to the uh, Coyotes, and it was a lost series. Luckily, it didn't uh, eliminate the Blues from the playoffs, but uh, uh, I guess I'll start with, uh, Tom, since you were out there and you saw our heroes uh, uh, face-to-face, or at least from a safe distance, socially <laughs> uh, distanced, uh, uh, from the press box, uh, your, your takeaways from pretty hard played, pretty evenly played series, some good flashes for the, for the blues, but, but ultimately not a lot of results and, and not so many words from the chief afterwards. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, uh, certainly after, after uh, game seven and it was not a game seven as, uh, as uh, <laughs> Craig will uh, say again and again. Um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I think I think the Blues saw uh, what real speed looks like. I, you know, Arizona came at them when they would turn the puck over. They came at them real fast they, with numbers. Um, so it was. Uh, um, it highlighted or low lighted some issues uh, that this team will have to do. They, they, you know, not strong enough on the puck as they need to be. Uh, they're just not, you know, possession wise or getting it out of the zone. And the defensive end, when they could have broken things down, they couldn't do that. Uh, started to see more things that are what they needed to do. They got better at times on the forecheck. Um, got to score more goals. Uh, got to get the big guys scoring more goals. Um, but um, yeah, it's weird because you know it was it was seven games and there were ups and downs. And you know the Blues probably weren't at their best in those seven games. So is that indicative? I mean, if they played these games spread out over four or five months, when you get a more, you know, it's a more random sampling of where they are, then this was a two-week look at the Blues. Um, it's weird to think also that you know, Arizona's not in a, in a playoff spot right now. And, you know, to think, boy, this would be a bad playoff matchup for the Blues. Arizona might not make the playoffs uh, unless they, you know, things turn around for, you know, get better for them. Um yeah, and they out of all that, they picked up two points on the Blues in the standing. So, um, not a team the Blues want to face, but it might not be a problem. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a bad matchup. We we've been talking about this for a couple of years now. Arizona's just the way it construed now. It's just a bad matchup for the team. It's too bad that wasn't a playoff series, albeit the uh, the Blues lost. It, it it was a heck of a series, and you take mm-hmm. away the empty net goals, they were they're all one goal games. And uh, mm-hmm. very feisty, very, very competitive. Uh, I, I think the Blues in Arizona got a little more uh, consistency. But, uh, you know, we all talk about the, the Vaughn of depth, and it, it is a lot of depth, but the, they're kind of at the tipping point now. I mean, yeah. they've got five, four, got defensemen out. Uh, okay, they got great depth, but they, I, I don't think they have this kind of depth. Uh, I figured out the the uh, I guess the, either the last game or the last two games in uh, in uh, Phoenix area they they had basically six fourth line guys that they were playing you know yeah. and they try hard they're feisty they're energetic but uh, uh, you got to put the biscuit in the basket and they they just don't have enough goal scorers in the lineup now and that that doesn't pre- preclude them maybe from uh, 
being able to, you know, pop in three or four with these guys one time or another, but you know, the, the track records of guys like Della Rose and uh, McKecker and even Clifford now, uh, uh, Pagansky, it, it, it's not like they're gifted goal scorers. Yeah. It used to be that they had a fourth line that was Barbashev and Sunquist and Clifford in there, guys that you can move up. Well, they've moved them all up now because of injuries other than Clifford. And so now, yeah, you start inserting Della Rose and McEachern and that's just not the same thing because those are guys that you, you can't promote up. And the next stop since they've used it is guys from Utica. I mean, that's, you know, they're, they're out of guys. They have exhausted the taxi squad on guys. And so the next stop is, you know, the Sam Annis's and the Nathan Walker's um, out of. Uh, I'm all for uh, Nathan Walker. I yeah. remember last year when they had the, how did they know he was going to score a goal that night? And they had an Australian flag right there. Yeah. At, yeah. at the Enterprise, Thunder from Down Under with Nathan Walker, who scored last night. Yeah. So, and who knows? I mean, you know, Clem Costin still lurks in the K League, but he, he's, you know, it's, it would take him a couple of weeks to get back. So, yeah, they can't, uh, if there are longer term, if Schwartz is a longer term injury, uh, who knows how long Bozak is going to be back, you know, going to be out. It, it, um, they're running out of options here. Yeah, we're not going to see Thomas till probably the end of March. Okay, Tarasenko skated again today, but it was an optional. And uh, uh, the, the chief said that we're just bringing him out to optional so he can get, get a little work with the team. And in these pandemic times, just to kind of see his teammates like, hey, remember me? I, I used to score 30 goals against you. So he, he's weeks away. Bozak's probably at least a couple of weeks away. I mean, he's not skated yet. He's been out. What's he missed? This will be his 10th game tonight. He's going to need at least a week on the ice, I would think, to get his, uh, mm-hmm. his legs back. So yep. maybe Sammy Blay tonight. Uh, and, and like you say, Schwartz, I, who knows when we're going we're gonna to see him. So uh, uh, they're kind of they're stuck with what they have. At least on defense, they're getting Scandella back. But now Pareko's out. Yeah, we'll segue into that topic, uh, you know, because it's been pretty evident, uh, Tom, that the uh, – that old Colt 55 hasn't been himself really the, the entire year in terms of, you know, moving with uh, the sort of ease that he moves with, um, you know, asserting himself uh, the way he normally asserts himself. Um, it's been a battle for, for Colton and increasingly at times almost hard to watch. So I'm, you know, many people I have been, the chatters and such have been suggesting that he needs some uh, more than a little time off. And, and Tom, that may, Maybe what it takes because this has not been Col- Colton Pareko. No, the analytics have, have cr- clearly said that the Blues have been a better team when Pareko's not on the ice uh, than when he is on the ice. And I think it's finally gotten to the point where even if his pain is not worse, just his ability to play with whatever's going on has, has not gotten any better. Um, so, the, you know, you would think though that this isn't a take one day off, go six days between playing and you're fine. I can't believe that, you know, it's, it's that quick a cure uh, for him. So we'll have to see, you know, what it looks like, or, you know, does, does this, you know, in the effect of week off, does that get him from 60% to 75%? Um, it's, or is he going to need more time? And I we'll find that out in the days ahead. I, we haven't gotten any more clear cut, uh, you know, opinions on what's going on here. So it's going to take a while, and I don't know how long it's going to take, but um, I think it got to the point where it just was dragging kind of everybody down on that defensive unit because he just 
he wasn't himself. He was not, could not, was not strong, you know, clearing pucks out of the zone, getting it out. He just wasn't doing it as well as we've expected from Pareko. Yeah, it starts out as an innocent maintenance day. And then when it's like the seventh maintenance day in three weeks, you know, there's an issue now. And he just, he's just not moving like himself. Uh, uh, we've mentioned before how th- those patented end-to-end uh, uh, rushes up the ice, seen very few of those. Even his lateral movement looks uh, looks limited. And, and what a shame, because without Petro, this was supposed to be the year for uh, for Pareko. And uh, I agree totally with uh, with Tom. It, 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 it's hard to imagine that just missing a game or two is, is going to make this better. Uh, you know, wh- wh- whatever it is, we kind of have an idea of what it might be, but uh, I, I, I don't want to speculate without, without knowing for sure. And, and it's, it's, you know, some, some injuries just don't, you, you just need rest to, to deal with it. And maybe weeks of rest and especially with a condensed schedule, you know, uh, it, they, they just might have to just uh, kind of grit their teeth and, and, and grind their way through this resting him occasionally and not if, if nothing else, at least the deepest position on the team is, is, is defense. There's not, there's no substitute. There's no one on the roster that can do what a healthy Pareko does, but still uh, they've got guys that can play defense. So, you know, maybe they can work their way through this. Yeah, as a segue, Tom. Go ahead. I was going to segue into uh, Marco Scandella's return, and you can kind of touch on how you see uh, his return, and also the rest of the the way the the blue line uh, shakes out. You know, Fox obviously played better. uh, The former trade chip, uh, Vince Dunn, having to to log some minutes. But, yeah, how how do you see Scandella's return, and how do you see uh, the Chief trying to uh, piece this together without uh, Pareko taking a primary role? Yeah, I, you know, I, I had said in the offseason that in replacing Petrangelo, it was going to be not just one guy, and it was a combination of situations, and you were going to need, of all the things that needed to happen, I thought the one given was that Pareko would step up his game, since he would become the kind of the guy, but you were going to need to get offense out of Falk, uh, and you were going to get need Krug to, to fit in, but it seemed like the gimme out of all that was going to be, well, Pareko would step up his game. He hasn't done that. Um, you know, Falk has gotten his game. Krug is still uh, there. Scandella, I think if he can get back to being the Scandella we saw at the end of last season, uh, if he comes through this injury, you know, but it, it gives them a shutdown pairing that they can put against an opposing team's top line. If he can do that, that's what they need uh, from him right now. I don't think they're expecting offensive stuff uh, from him, but yeah, they just need to get, um, the Scandella that we saw last season that was appealing to Doug Armstrong to resign him. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, deal because his originally uh, injury problem w- was a month ago today, uh, San Jose's first game when Tino Meyer uh, uh, slammed Scandella into the boards, the dreaded upper body uh, injury. Uh, it looked very much like a concussion type thing, but uh, he, he came right back and was back after just one game out. Then he played a handful of games, and then I don't know if he and, and he, he didn't want to talk about the specifics of the injury today on the Zoom. Yeah, shocking that an uh, NHL player wouldn't talk about his injuries. But, uh, he, he, you know, so he misses uh, six more with an upper body injury. Maybe it was an aggravation of that injury. I'm sure Scandella is not going to be happy to see Timo Meyer uh, tonight and, and Thursday. He, at, at the time, uh, Scandella said he thought it was a uh, – 
you know, a little bit of a dirty play by Meyer. So, uh, uh, but, but he'll be, uh, you know, if he's anywhere approaching, uh, you know, what he has been with the Blues, he'll be a stabilizing force in there. He's just kind of a solid guy, not much on off uh, on offense. But uh, I, I think the, the Blues have plenty of puck moving uh, uh, defensemen and defensemen that can shoot the puck. It's, it's nice to have someone that can keep things tied down on defense. And meanwhile, kind of made me wonder, whatever happened to former uh, fan darling uh, Nico Mikola? He's just on the taxi squad, despite these injuries with Gunnarsson and Bartuzzo, both in the lineup, the, the two savvy vets, uh, you know, Mikola still, even even with uh, Pareko out and uh, Scandella out, he's, uh, he's uh, fallen off the ledge here a little bit. Well, one thing we found uh, or saw in uh, Arizona, Tom, is that, uh, you know, Tory Krug's competitive and Tory Krug will mix it up. But when it comes to battling at the net front, some of that's better left to Robert Bortuzzo because uh, he, uh, he he didn't do, do that well uh, in the skirmish. And it, it's just that's not what the, the Blues need from Tory Krug. And I guess the Blues dodged a bullet there because you know, for when he leaves that when he leaves that game, an already uh, an already depleted defense started looking even worse. Fortunately, it appears it wasn't a serious problem. But you know, Tory's got a big heart, but that's probably not uh, you know not not what uh, he signed up for here. He had a big heart, but short arms apparently, and you that's that's what you need to be able to you know, what Bortuzzo and these other guys have going for him is that uh, you can move farther away and and throw a punch, which. Krug has to get in closer, which leaves you more susceptible to the uh, to, to being hit the other way. Um, yeah, and, and you know that um, you know losing him, you know changes the dynamics back there on how things work, and uh, uh, it'll be good to have him come back. You know that quick. It says that you know whatever it was um, wasn't that uh, you know, wasn't that serious. We say that now, um, but um, yeah, it'll. You know, still Krug adapting, getting it up to speed on these things. But uh, the more he plays, ultimately, the better off the Blues will be. Maybe Torrey needs a running start with his yeah. helmet off to, to, <laughs> to knock somebody into uh, next Tuesday. You know, on the subject of Krug, it's interesting, you know, that he's, he's still on the second power play unit. And Perron has made no secret at all of the fact that he likes having Falk back there in parentheses, as opposed to Krug. I don't, I don't know if he did any lobbying, but he, he's mentioned a couple times how he's liked having that right-hander on the power play in uh, in, in, in Falk. And I, I think the power play showed a little bit of signs of life, but, uh, uh, you know, I guess uh, they've got to get hot to, to get that. I mean, they're down in the 20s somewhere. I quit I quit looking. It was pretty depressing to see where they were ranked on the uh, – on the power play, but uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, it seems like Perron prefers Falk on that top unit. Yeah, they haven't had many power plays lately. They've had like two in each of the past three games. So, um, and that was one of the ways that the Arizona series looked like the playoffs. It was the refs were more and more, let them, let them go. And, uh, but yeah, it, it would be nice for the blues because it looks like the power play is taking shape now to get more chances to do something with it, uh, to really get going. But that, um, yeah, the one unit the other night was, I think they had four shots on goal and, you know, in, in two minutes and they're, they're starting to make things happen, just not, not scoring. So I think the blues, and obviously if they could get more power plays, that's a good thing anyway, because it means you're doing things uh, to make that happen. 
So that was and as grumpy as grumpy chief said, though, though there was some hog tying going on there that yes. apparently was undetected by the officiating crew. Yeah, and you know, not not to whine about the the uh, the officials again, but uh, boy, again, as the series shifted, they um, some of these calls. I mean, you know, for old timers like Tom and myself who can remember the uh, the good old days when uh, guys would go for a water ski on guys, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, get that hook on and take a ride, you know, for, you know, a good, uh, <laughs> good you know, 50 feet. Uh, and the kind of grappling uh, or just the, and this, the, the Velcro defensive tactics from the old days. I mean, some of these so-called hooks and alleged slashes. And I mean, my God, I mean, it, it's, I, I, I like having a game that flows. I like taking the restraint out of the game. Um, but some of this, I mean, again, I, I've complained about some of this officiating looking like uh, preseason calls. You know, Tom, I, I, I don't know. And you have to go and look really hard to see what could have possibly been the problem on some of these uh, these calls. It's, I mean, let the guys play a little bit. I understand that the Blues probably are more would be accused of of using some of these tactics more than other teams. But come on. Oh, you mean like well, the Robert Bertuzzo stick just happened to be hanging out over the ice? Did you see that play in Arizona? No, I'm no. sure it was an accident. I mean, if you've seen that once, you've seen it maybe once where the stick happens to be <laughs> hanging out over the ice. And, you know, when you say accidental and then you say Robert Bertuzzo, maybe not, you know. If, <laughs> we you all know, know what a Boy Scout he is out there. Yeah. I mean, if it had been, you know, Jordan Cairo's stick, maybe, you know, wasn't thinking. But of all the guys on the team, you know, if you, you know, and, and, you know, you know this, that's, Bortuzzo's the kind of guy that would inadvertently leave a stick in a face where it would, would hit someone. Yeah, you know, Jeff, you mentioned there about, about calling it like it's a preseason game and they didn't have preseason game. And these are calls we'd see there. You would think we're now a fourth of the way into the season that, they, they would have gotten that they would stop you know with you know the the slashing call of the the you know stick on the wrist or something and it's it's not happening they're still making those calls so if i'm understanding you right tom timmerman if you were to line up suspects of who would stick their stick out on the ice that bortuzzo might be he might be in that group of suspects well, well looks like tom you froze so, um, there we go. We got Tom back. Tom. All right. So, still, uh, still back. All right, Tom. You, uh, guilt. Robert Bortuzzo, always guilty as charged, pretty much. <laughs> well, he's he's still working on his computer. Well, uh, JT, on, on another positive note for our heroes. Um, <laughs> no, he is. He is. There we Jordan, go. There we it's go. amazing all, right. all these podcasts we've done during the pandemic. This is the first time we've had any technical difficulties, right? Except the time we had to retape it over again, or did we have to do that? No. I think I managed to say pull that one out of the computer when I was after I yeah, got to yeah. record it to the cloud. Yes. All right. So we have Tom back. I'm in a different room today. Maybe that's the problem. All right. So we were talking about Robert Bortuzzo. He's still in Arizona. That's what it is. He hasn't come <laughs> back yet. <laughs> so so if there's a crime on the ice and Bortuzzo's in the vicinity. He's, he's going to get interviewed by the police, basically. <laughs> when you round up the usual suspects, you round up Robert Bortuzzo. I think that <laughs> would be a, uh, um, uh, the way to go. He is, uh, 
uh, Robert's not, uh, and maybe on Sundays he's at Sunday school, but uh, during uh, Blues games, he seldom seems to be at Sunday school. All right, another positive note: Jordan Bennington has played pretty well. He's he's caught some breaks. He's had a he's had a few uh, a little bit of luck, a little puck luck, uh, you know, with some posts and some pucks that somehow stayed out of the net. But nonetheless, um, he, I guess we can just cross that off of list of if there was ever any concern about uh, him. I think we've seen pretty good sustained play. And I, I don't know why they would go away from him on, on the homestand at all, you know, given the spacing of the games, uh, you know, who has been okay, but, but right now Bennington's been the, uh, the guy they need. Yeah, but certainly Tommy. the case. Uh, hmm? um, yeah. I mean, his, his play has been, um, has, has been what they've needed. Um, you know, the issue, you know, goalies, you can never know, you know, it, it is the ultimate crapshoot, but um, yeah, he's got it going. And um, yeah, I would think as long until they have back-to-backs, uh, I think Villa is going to, you know, get comfortable there on the bench. Uh, I think we'll see more and more and more of Jordan Bennington. Yeah, we're, we're, we're 12 games in, uh, in terms of starts for, for Bennington and he, he looks pretty good. He actually, his body of work, I think, in this 12 game snapshot is, is better overall than what he did uh, 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 last year. Remember he had a, he had a pretty significant slump. It was around uh, uh, what was it? Right. Maybe right after the all-star game last year, right, right, right around there. But uh, he, he, you know, he's made a couple references and it's hard to, 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 to really kind of get to Biddington in this zoom world in terms of, maybe what he did differently in the off season, but you, you get the impression that he, he really made an emphasis training wise to be ready no matter when this season started. And, and uh, he, he looks, uh, he looks pretty sharp and, and solid, uh, you know, uh, uh, mechanically. So that's, that, that's good to see. And with who, you know, any, any, win you get, that's the, you know, that's like money, money in the bank. I mean, I think we all, we all thought that uh, that might be the biggest question mark uh, around the team this year really is how would Huso do with 12 or 15 starts. And, you know, he's, he's, he's two and two and, 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 and he's battled. So I think he's been okay, but yeah, Biddington, not quite the, the uh, sensation of the Stanley cup run, but he, he's been pretty darn good. Okay. And on, on another topic that is happy now we touched on it earlier. Uh, the fact that, uh, just for his own mental health, uh, getting Vladimir Tarasenko back with the uh, the group uh, was a good thing. Uh, he's trying to get his legs. He's trying to get, uh, you know, a bit of a feel for the game. Uh, but it's a shoulder. You know, fans getting excited. And, you know, he can, he can catch a pass and he can flip the puck and he can skate around. Uh, and it's a good thing to have him with the group. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm guessing we're, you know, we're talking about March for Robert Thomas. And I, it's got to be late March or, you know, late-ish March anyways for, for Vladimir doesn't have to, you know, don't you think Tom? Yeah. I think at this point, um, you know, still at, at least a couple of weeks away and then who knows after that and how, how long a runway they want to give him. But I, the other reality is, you know, I don't think that we see, you know, a healthy full speed Vladimir Tarasenko this season. I mean, the season ends, you know, beginning of May. Is there going to be enough time? I mean, you were talking about a guy who's, who has played 14 games since the beginning of last season. I mean, 
you know, it takes a while. You know, there's one point where you can start playing again, but it's another point when you can start playing as well as you can again. And if he's getting back mid-March, you know, he's got a month and a half. Is he going to be back to that in a month and a half? I, I, I would be surprised if he could, you know, if he could do that. Yeah, you're thinking may, maybe by the time the playoffs, he could maybe contribute in some meaningful way. Again, I, I agree. I don't I don't think we're going to see vintage Tarasenko until next year. He's, he's, he just missed too many games. Uh, I think he played four games in the bubble in Edmonton. So uh, I wouldn't even back, count those. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so, but you're talking four games in what? Yeah. Uh, gee, how many months is like 14 months, 15 months. Yeah. And, and so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, again, it, it, uh, it, it's a lift for the team. It's a lift for the fans, but uh, you know, what, what exactly are we going to see? It was interesting. Scandella and Sunquist both said, you know, you'd see him, you'd see him up close, uh, take a shot and you could see the, see the velocity uh, and you're wondering what, what, what shoulder injury, but there, there, there's, a, there's a lot more to it than just skating and, and shooting the puck. And, and how is that shoulder going to hold up when he starts getting rattled around the boards? All right. Last topic on the net front for this week, we look around the NHL. Well, we're seeing some teams having to come back from some extended uh, breaks trying to piece their, uh, piecemeal really as with players coming back in stages, Colorado being one of them, uh, Buffalo, New Jersey had long uh, layoffs. Philadelphia has got a lot of, a lot of key guys out when they, as they get back to practice, you know, Dallas loses some games after they lost some games earlier. Now it's the, uh, the power outages uh, guys, you look at the schedule, you look at the season, you've seen a lot of teams take some, some pretty big hits in terms of games missed. Uh, is there any really, is there any real hope that we're going to see, uh, everybody play 56 games and, and it's just going to, I mean, how are we, uh, you know, what, what kind of season can we expect from here on out? Because this was quite a number of teams all at once uh, going out, forcing the coyotes and blues to play over and over again. But man, this is uh, th this has not been super smooth for Gary Bettman. Uh, we'll start with uh, Tom on that one. Yeah, you know, I mean, Dallas has got some you know, with the cancellations they've had. They've got a, I mean, they're they're playing more than they have to play more than one game every other day for the rest of the of the season. I mean, they have, you know, they're, they're, they've got to play. I think it, I think I figured out they're going to have to play like at least ten back to back just from here on if they're going to get to fifty six. It's it's going to be tough, and that you know, it's going to be a tough challenge for the league to schedule all of these games to make it all work. Um, it does seem. Hard to think um, that everyone will get to 56. The other question is going to be is what games did you miss? You know, if, if you're, you know, did you get in all your Detroit games? Did you get in all your Ottawa games? You know, if you do that, you're in great shape. And if you miss four games with the Red Wings, that that's going to hurt. <laughs> so, I mean, those are it's eight points right there. And that's going to be a difference. Uh, and whether you go with points percentage or just total points, um, you know, those are those are the games you want to play. And if, if the blues were to, you know, lose, you know, Vegas or Colorado games, you know, okay. You can live with that. Lose games with <laughs> San Jose or the Kings. No, you know, you don't want to play those games, bring those guys on. It looks like though, the situation is, is uh, getting better. They, they had as many at, at one point, they had as many as 40 players league wide on the COVID list. And it's down as of today or yesterday, it was down to like, 
18. So you'll want to think that maybe the worst is over, but yeah. How do you make up some of these games like New Jersey? I think New Jersey's played like three games so far. I mean, how, how are they going to, how are they going to make, make, make this up? And I, I don't, you know, talking about, it doesn't matter who you miss those games with. I don't think it's fair for a team. The blues could end up playing 55, 56 games and what uh, LA, I mean, uh, Vegas or, or, well, it could be LA. Is it fair if they've played only been able to get only 46 in and, and, and what if the games they've missed have all been against uh, Vegas and Colorado? That that doesn't exactly seem right. This uh, So I, I just wonder how they're going to, even now, even if there was not another game postponed, how they're going to do this equitably. Perhaps if the Olympics get postponed, maybe they push back the playoffs a week late and let some teams get some, some games in. But uh, yeah, maybe in the end, the, the Blues are going to be punished for for playing those twenty seven games in a row with uh, <laughs> uh, with Arizona and kind of keeping up in in uh, you know with their schedule. Hey Tom, the uh, you know another not only is it who you play, but you know a team like Colorado, they thought they were going to miss Nathan McKinnon uh, for weeks, and yeah. they did. But of course, they got to sit out for two weeks, so he ended mm-hmm. up missing one game. Uh, the Minnesota Wild thought Matt Dumba was going to be out for weeks. Well, he he was, but he missed one game because they were on break. Boy, the Blues could use somebody to catch COVID right now, right? I mean, just, just somebody needs to. All right, who do you want to volunteer to send out and get COVID? Probably not a, a top six guy, right? Yeah, no, and the Blues would have had games with Colorado when they didn't have McKinnon, and now they will get game, you know, likely get games with him when he has McKinnon. Yeah, those things matter. And obviously this happens in every year, but because of – the scheduling and with you playing two games that you don't just lose one game against a guy, you're going to lose at least, you know, two that the blues would have had and maybe four. So, yeah, but actually there's a thought is what happens if these things were to happen again, would the league schedule more blues coyotes games? If they were both <laughs> sitting around idle, would they say rather than you guys sit out, keep on playing and, and play 12 it's games? It's a nightmare, man. It's just, I, I just, it pains me to even think about that. Is, is that an option? By Ruby too. Yeah. Yeah. Who who tells the chief that? Oh, uh, <laughs> hey, chief, you got another, uh, another seven games with your buddy Taka and the boys. <laughs> Connor Garland's trying to. But would not they me. have to do? I'm, I'm not going in there. Yeah, but would they? You know, what would the league do if you had this situation again and it worked out the way the schedule was that the Blues and Cardinals could play? But yeah, I mean, how long could you keep a team sitting out when they're perfectly healthy? And I don't know what the I'm sure the league has some sort of plan in mind for that, but um, boy, when that time comes, that, that, that'll be very interesting. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week of NetFront Presence. I want to thank Tom Timmerman for getting back from, uh, from Arizona to join us, for uh, Jim Thomas, who's fighting through the snow and the cold to keep the coverage up this week in, in the STL. Uh, I'm Jeff Gordon. A reminder that you can get all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Get a lot of cool stuff. Uh, if you like the Tigers, you like the Billikens, you want to, obviously you like baseball, all those podcasts available on stltoday.com slash podcast, as well as your favorite podcast app. Until next time for JT, for Tom, I'm Jeff. See ya.